Happy Monday. I hope that wherever you are, you are having a genuinely good Monday. Um, I don't know about you, but it's a little rainy here in Charlottesville, and I'm okay with it, honestly. Um, Let's be real. Times are a little unnerving right now. COVID is still very much a real thing, and people are waking up to the fact that racial injustice has been going on for a very long time in this country. Um, Regardless of where you are, what you do, how old you are, know that you have certain gifts and abilities that you can use for the better, that you can use to love and help people and make this world a better place, as cliche as that sounds. Today, I talk with my friend Dylan about teaching, which is something that I feel like I am meant to do right now. Um, In a way, I kind of started teaching on a whim or I decided to teach on a whim, but I kind of quickly became in love with it. And Dylan and I went to college together. We were in the same grad school program and then ended up getting hired at the same middle school. Dylan teaches eighth grade science and I teach sixth grade science. And this first year of teaching was a roller coaster, as any teacher will say. Um, But you throw a global pandemic in there and it's just insane. But we talk about all of that and just how we dealt with the first year, how we found community, how we learned that taking a break is necessary for you functioning at your job well. I hope that you are encouraged, entertained, maybe even realize that teachers are one of the many professions that is the backbone of society. Um, They roll up their sleeves and dig into getting to know kids. Um, Being a teacher means that for me, I have to humble myself every day and decide to love kids well. That is the number one priority with teaching, which I've learned this year. So if anything, I hope you learned something or just learn that teachers are kind of amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a teacher. All right. Thank you, Dylan, for joining me to talk about teaching or becoming a teacher. Yeah, of course. Learning it's kind of hell on earth sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay, so why did you want to become a teacher? Slash, like, what did you study in college? So I was a chemistry major in college. Um, and I had wanted to be a teacher for a while. Like, in high school, I wanted to be a teacher. And then... For some reason, when I got to college, I decided I didn't want to be a teacher for like a semester. And then um, I was helping uh, some friends uh, study chem. And I was like, this is like the best feeling in the world, helping these people. It all starts with the tutoring. <laughs> it, it literally does. I mean, it sounds like I make it up. It works out so perfectly. Yeah. But I was like, I was helping this girl and it was like, this is the best feeling in the world. I want to do this forever. And then I decided. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of, well, not really same, but I mean, I was a bio major, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this, so I guess I kind of convinced myself to become a teacher. <laughs> I want yeah, a job I mean, after college. <laughs> it's a great option, and if you like to do it, I mean, that's what it is. It's yeah, great. it's it's good when you're, like, young, and it's, you know, you have energy, well, I say you have energy. You act like you have energy. <laughs> feel like you have energy. Yeah. Um, okay, so we both teach middle school. I guess I should have said this. We both teach just the same middle school. I teach sixth grade. You teach eighth grade. Did Do you want to teach middle school? Because <laughs> I feel like most people are like, I didn't want to be here, but I ended up yeah. here. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I don't know a single person who wanted to be a middle school teacher from the beginning. I definitely did not want to be a middle school teacher from the get-go. Um, I made that decision um, around student teaching. I was mm -hmm. When I student taught at my middle school position, I was like, this is actually kind of fun. The kids were more fun. Um, they weren't as like... Cause, so I teach... I would have taught chem in the high school, chemistry in high school. So those were like 11th, 12th graders. They acted very like, oh, I'm done with school. I'm it's like they're too cool soon. for school in a way. Yeah. That, that is exactly the vibe they gave off. And I was like, this is not my vibe right now. This yeah. is not where I want to be. Um, so I decided to go with middle school. Also, those were the only openings around where I was looking. So it all worked out. But yeah. I, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> that doesn't boom. sound as good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I wanted to do middle school after like, uh, I guess... Um, having practicums in middle school and then I did a lot of tutoring um, through AVID and I just really I felt like middle schoolers even if they're not paying attention all the time they're just energetic so it's a lot of fun when you can get them energetic about what you're learning and then oh, you know yeah it's I mean, way more fun I mean they're just way more into it than yeah. anybody else there's never and a I dull moment those. sometimes that's really unfortunate because <laughs> yeah it's, yeah sometimes it is unfortunate, but there is definitely never a dull moment. Yeah. Not one. I, that's kind of, I feel like when I come in in the morning and I'm like, hey guys, I've had three cups of coffee. They're like, why? And I'm like, because I have to deal with you. I have to get to your ADD level. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, my so, eighth graders were funny. They were always like, we don't want to do this. We're tired. And I'm like, same. We're, we are literally in the same boat. Exactly. I don't want to be here this morning. You don't want to be here this morning. I'm tired. You're tired. But we are going to figure out how to get through this. Right. Sometimes you just get, like, this second wind. Like, it just happens. You have to, like, force yourself to be energetic. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, um, what were your thoughts about teaching right before we started teaching? Because I feel like... From a distance, like, when you're in college, you kind of have a romanticized idea of, like, oh, I want to be a teacher, and, like, I'm going to have my classroom, and I'm going to do all this cool stuff, you know? And then you get your classroom, and you're like, crap, I am going to have 80 children that I'm going to teach. <laughs> yeah. I remember being, I was really excited, because, like, I was finally going to have a job, um, finally going to be done with school because you know with the masters it was an extra year and so like all my friends had gone off and done what they were supposed to do yeah and, and you're like broke as broke as a joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was really ready to have money I was ready to have a job I was ready to get out of school um 
and that feeling lasted pretty much all the way up until I started moving into my classroom, and then all that excitement, like, immediately turned into, like, overwhelming, like, fear, nervousness, like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Yeah. Because um, I saw, like, just how much stuff there was to do before school even starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that I had no plans whatsoever for that year. I was just gonna basically have to hit the ground running day one because I didn't have anything ready. I was, I just felt very overwhelmed. Yeah. I, yeah, same. I think I had a bit of imposter syndrome because especially when you have your interview, you're like promising the principal that you're going to do all these things. And I mean, they know, they know, like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing, but, um, then you get into it and like we, they give you all this, this stuff to do and they're like expect all the they tell you what to expect and then you see other people have their stuff together like um and our on our new teacher group I felt like we were all over the place some of us were like we don't know what we're doing and then some other people are like oh, my whole class has been set up and I'm just like I don't know you know so it was yeah yeah very overwhelming at the beginning yes I remember seeing my classroom for the first time and being like what do I do with this space exactly and it's like there's some tables there's some cabinets back there there's a board I figure out what what to do with it I was like oh I have no idea yeah I remember uh, a lot of teachers were so kind and they would be like well I can give you this and this and this and I was like I just don't even know what to do I was like this classroom is going to be bare naked until I guess I get my life together because I just don't even know what to put. Like, I, I didn't know how to put those paper things on the, on the you know, those corkboard things. I was cut all jagged because I'm like, I didn't know this was something I had to do to put like a bulletin board up. Like, welcome to sixth grade. Who? No one teaches you that stuff. Right. I very suddenly realized all of the things I didn't know. Um, yeah. I mean. They teach you all about what to do when the students are there and, you know, how to plan a lesson and, you know, all that good stuff. And then you get there, they're like, make a bulletin board. And it's like, this was, uh, this was not part of grad school. This, this was not there. They I never learned that. how to do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I kinda... and same thing that you were saying, like teachers would offer me things and I'd be like, I don't know what to do with this right, right now. Like, like I, I appreciate it. You were being very kind but I have no idea what I'm doing. And this is just another thing to think about that I really can't have right now. I would imagine it's kind of like when you move into a house or like how I just moved into a new apartment. Like you don't think of all the things that you would have in your house. So people offer offer you stuff and you're like, sure, I could use some wooden spoons. I don't think I have any, but will I be making, like you just don't even know what you are going to need, especially because you don't even know what you're really going to be teaching. <laughs> like, let's be real. Yeah. I remember the first thing I asked, like my mentor teacher was like, what do we teach? Like, what do we teach when? Because I, I didn't know, like I know right. generally what the content is. And again, I had planned my entire college career to be a high school teacher right up until like the last semester. Um, so I really didn't have anything planned. Mm-hmm. I kind of generally knew what the content was, but as far as like a full year, I had no idea. So I was like, what are we teaching? When are we teaching it? Yeah. 
Yeah, same. I definitely the uh, I remember the first unit was on planets, and that is not something I have learned about probably since middle school. And so I'm like teaching myself like as we go along, and it was yeah, it's so much trial and error. It's one of those jobs where it's just like you kind of get thrown into it, and you're just like treading water. <laughs> yeah, and you're literally just thrown in like every other job in the world has like an orientation period and like training and all this good stuff and with teaching they're like all right you have a week to put your classroom together and then we're sending you 80 kids and those kids are probably going to be like you just don't even know what to expect not every class is the same not every grade level going up you know yeah Yeah, it's insane insane. and uh, you know with little to no training like on the job really they, they were just like here you go you're living breathing you got have a master's? Cool. All right, we trust you with these 80 children and their future. <laughs> That's what it is. It's, it's it a is. lot. Um, okay, so how has your mentality towards teaching changed? Because student teaching, like I said, it's kind of that romanticized, like, I can do this. You know, you just don't even think about the logistics when you're student teaching because all you're doing is teaching. But as a teacher, you realize you have more to your job. So how has your mentality changed towards the job? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Little cat. Big cat, actually. Yeah, surprise appearance by my cat. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speechless. How's my mentality changed? Um, I mean, it went from, I don't know, it's kind of been like a, like a roller coaster. Like, it started out like, with student teaching and I was like I got this right and then year started and that immediately started turning into I don't got this mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I, I was drowning during level. student teaching like I wasn't even treading water I was drowning <laughs> yeah I mean I felt fine during student teaching I didn't really have a super stressful experience I had you know cooperating like yes writing yeah. the paper on the side was stressful but I didn't feel super overwhelmed by it. And I was like, I can handle this. Like, cause I was like, Oh, that paper, will, I won't have that. Um, right. Yeah. Teaching, so I'll be fine. It'll be much easier. And in a way it is. Um, yeah. You don't have those like assignments. <laughs> yeah. Nice. There's nothing with like a hard and fast due date or there's not much with a hard and fast due date. Right. I guess. So it's kind of like, if I don't get these papers graded tonight, it's okay. Like I'll be all right. But it turned from, I'm going to be able to handle this, to, I don't think I can handle this, um, during that first couple months. Yeah. Um, and really, August and September were fine, but by the time you got down to October's almost Thanksgiving break, I was like, how am I going to do this for the rest of the year? Much yeah. less for the rest of however long I'm teaching. <laughs> right, seriously. You start to question everything. You really did, and then as the rest of the year went on, really, I think Thanksgiving break and Christmas break were kind of turning points in that thinking again, where mm-hmm. I got away, I thought, I breathed, I took a break, and then when I came back in January, I was, like, kind of nervous, because I was like, mm-hmm. first semester didn't end great. And then there are different kids. I mean, they have different, like, personalities almost coming back after yeah. Christmas. As in, they become yeah. more of buttholes, but no, we love children. We totally love children. Yeah, and, and then, you know, January came, and I was like, this isn't as 
bad as I remember it being. Like, I felt yeah. more in control. I felt, I guess, rest was a big part of it. Because right. you're just taking a break. It's not like I practiced how to, like, be better at my job over Christmas break. I just took a break and came back. And I was like, I'm doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then that went on until, you know, uh, and then all this craziness happened with, with COVID-19. And now it's, you know kind of totally different again like yeah that's how I started but but towards the end of it I was like I got this a little bit better I still Mm -hmm. would not say I'm an expert but Mm -hmm. I definitely I definitely felt better at the end of second semester than the end of first semester that's really good that's really nice um yeah I feel like first semester every time I saw you you were sick and I kind of thought you were dying I was sick for, like, half a first semester. Like, you were always like, yeah, I'm sick. And I'm like, wait, didn't you say that, like, a month ago? Yeah, I was sick all the time. And it turns out I just needed sleep. Um, Who'd have thought? And, yeah. Yeah. I, I Sorry. Th- I, oh, no, you go. Oh, I even remember, like, just after Thanksgiving break, like, I noticed – when I came back, I was a lot less irritable mm. than, like, things that bothered me that the kids did before Thanksgiving break didn't bother me as much after, so it was really Is about, that your cat? Uh, <laughs> taking a break. Yeah, she just ran up from behind me and jumped in front of me. <laughs> it was quite scary, um, but it, I, I ended up just feeling a lot better after just taking a break, so apparently breaks are important. Right. I guess I should have listened to that Who'd part have of taking care of yourself is like important for you actually doing your job. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy how important it actually is. Yeah. Like uh, taking care of yourself and just breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping. I know. That's one thing I really like about our school. Cause I was sick a few times and, um, everyone would like reach out and ask or like even, um, Marcy, one of our administrators came in my room one day and she was like, I just want to know how you're doing and if you need anything, we're, we're actually always here and stuff. And they really just, they don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. So I really appreciate that, um, for our, at least the first year being in a school that is so supportive of not only how you are in the classroom, but also your like actual well being and everything. It was really nice. Yeah. I, I cannot agree more. It was very comforting being somewhere where the principals and the other teachers were like, it's okay to take care of yourself. Like, make sure you're doing okay. Right. And, and actually, like, acting upon that rather than just saying it. Right. Yeah, I feel like um, my year, it literally is a roller coaster. It it starts off low because you're like, what am I doing? And then it kind of, your confidence goes up a little bit because, and I mean, I teach six teaching sixth grade, like, they're pretty docile at the beginning because they're scared, you know? And that's good. Um, But then it gets a little stressful when they kind of, you know, the honeymoon phase has ended, and then it goes down again. And then I felt like uh, by the time I got to Christmas break, I'd really gotten a grasp on my classroom management, and I felt really good about it, and, you know, everyone was on the same page, and then... Christmas break happened. They come back. They're totally different. Now they aren't fifth graders. They are very much middle schoolers. And so it kind of changed for me. And then pretty much from January to March, it was just like 
a downhill spiral, ending in me crying in the principal's office, and then COVID happened, and so I'm like, blessing in disguise? I don't know, but, you know, I miss it. I definitely miss it now. I definitely wish I, wish I was, like, teaching at this minute, or what would I be doing? I don't know, planning or whatever, but... Teaching. <laughs> since my lunch would be at 10.30, and then, you know, my day was practically over, but, um... Yeah, it was definitely hard, but I think that I, I, you learn so much. I mean, you learn how much you don't know, <laughs> right? But also, yeah, you learn how to take care of yourself and how to not be hard on yourself. I felt like I was always hard on myself. Um, so, you know, you live and you learn as a teacher. And yeah, I feel like yeah, you, and you realize that there's just some stuff that you can't control, right? Like. You can't control how a kid's going to act when he walks into the room that day. Right. You just have to manage it. And that's why it's behavior management, not behavioral control. Like, I can't make these kids act right. I can just figure out how to handle it. Right. Do I know what I know to do to just give that kid what they need for that day and make sure that I'm sane as well. Like, you, you know. Um, okay, so what yeah. were some things that happened that you didn't expect we all kind of expect behavior management to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I mean, you know this because you were at my school, but um, one of the teachers, my mentor teacher and the teacher I worked with and who kind of supported me through the first half of the year, um, a few days before Thanksgiving break, just didn't come back to school um, ever. So <laughs> I was all of a sudden. It's bad that I'm laughing, but it's like she was done. <laughs> she was, and it was crazy, and I should have seen it coming. Because um, she was, like, obviously very stressed. Like, looking back, I was like, yeah, she was very stressed. She, you know. Right. Uh, but, yeah, just, like, first-year teacher, me, the other eighth-grade science teacher, first-year teacher, who actually doesn't even have any, like, undergrad tra like, training to be a teacher. He was on a provisional license. Yeah. Which isn't a problem. It's just he didn't have it. literally You guys are both literally, like, out in space, just, like, floating. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, our mentor teacher had been teaching for 30 years and had been helping us along this whole way, just was gone. Mm -hmm. No, No plan for what to do next. No, no debriefing. Like this is this is how life's gonna be when I'm not even here. Yeah, like not even a heads up. Like not even a hey. By the way, I'm not coming back to school tomorrow. It's like you were an orphan. Just, just gone. And we actually came. Like we had heard she was taking a break, and then like basically a long weekend, and then. We came in on Monday, and her classroom was empty. So she took all of her, even, like, materials. So, like, we couldn't have used her stuff if we wanted to because right. she was gone. All of it. So how, like, what did you – how did you handle that? <laughs> <laughs> Not very well. Um, <laughs> Cue mental <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this was right before <clears throat> Thanksgiving break. I guess. Was it? Yeah, right before Thanksgiving break. So we just kind of survived for two days on just, I, I think we had a test or something coming up. So uh -huh. we, you know, just 
skated through with review and a testing day and then whatever. And then after Thanksgiving break, so basically for the month of December, we just had to figure something out. And we were really ahead of schedule, so we kind of made up a new unit that wasn't going to be tested on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually, I used a unit that I had made for my um, TWS in grad school, my, my thesis in grad school, because mm-hmm. that's the only thing I had pre-made. That You're was like, made I know that this school. is... This is quality, at least. Like, somebody saw this who was qualified. (laughs) It was the best I had. So we, you know, ran with that for a couple weeks and then started reviewing the the first semester. I mean, I guess we got kind of lucky that it was at the end of a semester that she left. So we could spend, like, two weeks on review. Yeah. Um, But we had to come up with how we wanted to review for this, like, midterm kind of thing we were doing. We were... Right. in the water. I mean, we were just trying to survive. Right. And, and not only that, then we also had the long-term sub who was kind enough to, you know, fill in for the whole month of December mm-hmm. for this, you know, opening. And we had to make sure she was going to be okay, too, because she had nothing. I mean, she's a sub. Right. And she, was, she handled the whole thing well, but it's not like she was much help you know, figuring out what to do. Right. She just uh, took what we did. So we were now, instead of having three minds to put together, it was just the two of us, no combined experience between us. And we were yeah. struggling. That is like quite the challenge. I cannot imagine yeah. that. I and mean, we didn't know what was going to happen at the end of the year. Like we did, or at the end of that semester, like we didn't know who was coming in to fill that spot. Right. They didn't tell us until they had everything figured out, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, I totally get why, but we were like, do we need to start planning for January or are we going to have help planning for January? Because I is can't anybody survive helping us. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I can't, su- I can't survive making a plan a day anymore. Like too much work. Right. So we yeah. Were- you really have to have, yeah, I, I mean, if I didn't have two other teachers giving me materials and a schedule and saying like, just, yeah, giving me the stuff, I would not have been able to survive because like they would give me stuff and then, you know, then you can kind of tweak it and you do your own thing and you can add, you feel more comfortable adding and and materials when you kind of have like things to choose from. But as a first year teacher, like, I think people think that you spend every day making a lesson and you are the one. I mean, yes, but like you're not, it's not from scratch. Not everything is from scratch. Hopefully if you're in a good school and you know, what I focused a lot of my mental energy on was just like how reflecting on the day and then thinking how I'm going to manage these children tomorrow. (laughs) Like, you know, I was like, I need to have these kids just like survive in my room and somebody else can give me, the material and like then now you know then you kind of build your your material that way but yeah teaching I feel like it's like especially in middle school it's you have the material but like sometimes you're just kind of like bsing it like here we're learning stuff today but like (laughs) really I need you guys to not punch each other or whatever yeah well something else I've noticed with like people who don't teach or who aren't around the profession very much think that 
we have the entire year planned. Like, <laughs> right. And that is so far from the truth. I went to I so mean, many meetings where I'm like, so we were having a test this Friday. What are we teaching next? <laughs> Literally, yeah, you I know, mean, and we have standards, but nothing, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was planning day by day. For even when I had help of other teachers, like same, maybe, yeah. I think the farthest ahead we ever got was like three days in mm-hmm. advance, and then you you think, oh well, we're gonna get ahead, and then we'll stay ahead. And I say that doesn't happen either because I have meetings, I have to sub, I have. You so think many you're other gonna things. stay ahead, and it never like, happens. Like yeah, I mean, if if I manage to get ahead by a couple days, I never stay ahead. Yeah. Because stuff always comes up. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Now my perfect planning period was like taking um whatever one of the other science teachers had sent me, like his material, making a lesson out of that. So like I would take the information, I would do my own thing. I never taught it like he taught it, but I would use that information, do whatever, research whatever, put stuff on Google Classroom, type out a lesson plan write everything on the board for the next day because I had like for sixth grade like they have to walk in they have to be able to see we we are doing these four activities today and this is what you're learning and we have our learning you know all that extra crap that you have to like write on the board um so my perfect and then I would you know print off the sheets I needed to print and that was my perfect planning and then I felt so accomplished and maybe even great a little bit but that never really happens because usually maybe great a little bit <laughs> actually maybe. just kidding I was always like two weeks behind in grading and you know what yeah. it it is what it is I would tell kids like I have a life I know you guys don't think I do I know you guys think I sleep in like the the side the prep closet but like I have a life, and I can't spend it grading two hours a night, so. Yeah, I mean, ideally, we would, there were several times that we were trying to plan for a day, and we would only have enough time to make copies for the first class, Mm -hmm. because we were like, we planned at the beginning of the day, usually for that day. Right, right. And so we would, you know, try to figure out what we're doing. And, you know, sometimes it just takes longer than others to figure out an activity. And there's some stuff that there's just not, you know, you want to give these kids an activity, something they can do. But there's some stuff that you just can't find it. And it's not necessarily always easy to find a good resource or pick something up. And and usually it takes time anyway. And Mm -hmm not something you can just be like all right I'm gonna sit down and figure out what I'm doing like something's gotta hit you like you it and sometimes it comes right away and sometimes right doesn't sometimes you have lesson writing block like you're just like yeah I have no idea how to teach this exactly and I felt like with me I kind of got into a routine where I was like well even I didn't maybe I didn't where I was like how am I going to give this information to them where they're actually going to remember it what do I want my main focus to be? I think by the end of the year, I really focused on vocabulary because that was kind of my, like, what I recognized was important for the students that I had was just basic, let's read, let's do some vocabulary stuff. And I had a lot of students with learning disabilities, so my thought was always, like, what can I do that I can make accommodations for for these kids? Like, I can't necessarily do super upper-level stuff and then... You know, then there's also, like, the, you're not challenging this one kid enough. 
But then I'm like, well, this one kid can't read past a first grade reading level. This other kid can't. So like, you're always in that, you know, you, you have all these thoughts when you're making a lesson of like, how do I reach every single student? But then also, how do I give them the information? But then also, how do I stay on track? <laughs> like, it's just, it can be overwhelming to the point where you're just like, forget it. We're going on brain pop or I'll put a bill knife video. No, I'm just kidding. But I did use a lot of brain pop, so... And sometimes you don't even know how long something's going to take. Like sometimes mm -hmm. that hour that you have them is the longest hour in the world. Like mm -hmm. sometimes you have them for an hour and it feels like you've had them all day. Yeah. And sometimes you have them for an hour and you think... You get through one thing. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that was not an hour. That was five minutes. Like yeah. how, where did the time go? And you never know what kind of day it's going to be. Yeah, like sometimes that's true. you're going to give them something... And they're going to do it so fast. And you're going to be like, oh, no, I don't know what to do next. So, right. you know, and you can't do that with middle school because no. they'll throw things out your windows, which yeah. is what mine did. Mine did as well. So. Um, yeah, I think I always overplanned and I always thought kids were going to go faster. And the thing with me is that I would have like three classes go very slow and take their time. And then the fourth class would be like this. And I would always have to think of like something else to give them. Um, and then, yeah, there's things that happen that you don't expect. I always had so many behavior issues that I felt like put me behind. Or um, a fight would break out in the class. And then that takes at least 10 minutes from class because you got to break up the fight. You got to send someone to the office to get the principal. Everyone's going to talk about it. And then you're like, all right, let's just take a bathroom break so you can just talk about it in the bathroom, come back, you know, reset. It's just, with middle school, it's never, it's never going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. And you kind of have to just deal with the flexibility and all that stuff. Yeah, and, well, and then after my first block, they were my, they were just a slow working class. Like, mm -hmm. things that I would plan would take, you know, twice as long with, mm -hmm. with my first block. Well, that's the only class I had a, a break after. So I had planning, first block, and then lunch. So mm -hmm. if I was going to make any changes to my lesson, I had to think about them during lunch mm -hmm. or else I was changing them in the classroom, which is always questionable. Literally me. That's probably why <laughs> people, all the so, kids think I'm just like, whatever, a weirdo. I'm like super quirky and like, ah, thinking on my toes. <laughs> Well, sometimes, because uh, sometimes that lunch planning period is not long enough to think of something else to do, or, and then if you have duty, you can't yeah, really if you have lunch duty, or anything like that. It's so loud, you can't even think, in general. Yeah. So. So, so, but my first block was always so slow to do stuff, and so I'd think after that, I'd be like, oh my goodness, did I just plan a lesson that was way longer than it could be? Right. And then... Or I'd think, oh, well, that perfectly filled the amount of time it needed. Mm -hmm. And then I got to second block, and it was, like, done. Like, they finished. Right. And then I'd be like, ooh, okay, I apparently did not plan long enough or, or enough stuff. And it, like, it was only good for that first. And so you end up having mm -hmm. to start, like, plan differently for, like, your classes, which you don't want to do because – you don't right. want to plan four different things because that's not realistic. But, right. You know, I at least had to plan like, okay, what is first block going to get done? And then what is second 
third and fourth and third was even faster than like what second block would be yeah so would go over in first would fill up the amount of time in second and would take half the class in third right just like you're never done you never you're that's never exactly done. right yeah i think that sometimes i would get rid of things that were not super important for the classes that worked a little bit slower but also some of the slower the, the classes that worked slower they just needed an incentive honestly it wasn't necessarily um they that they couldn't work at a faster pace or that they weren't focusing because they couldn't they just chose not to and so when i added you know for some classes i'd be like especially towards the end like march i'm like free time on your laptops if you get through this reading and actually answer the stuff and do this group thing and you and like I said I feel like I always overplanned anyways so that was kind of a pain because then I would have to be like we'd be doing a project and we then we'd be doing it for three days and I'd have to be like all right regardless of where you are we're gonna stop this and it's just gonna be a participation grade <laughs> Yeah, it's like this defeated the whole purpose of the project, but you know. Yeah, I mean the three day project. Sometimes I I get it, and I would plan for projects and plan them to take time, Mm -hmm. and they would still take longer than I planned for. And I'm like, you've been working on this for two and a half days. Like you can wrap this. It's not that hard. I'm like, you could have. And then there's the girl who did it in like 20 minutes on day one, and she's like, what do I do? And I'm like, just read a book. I have nothing for you. You rock. few days and you did it in one or less than yeah and I remember when we were planning for snow days like we had something coming up like we were working on a project yeah and I told the kids I said this is how long you originally planned I am not I cannot move the due date like Mm -hmm. the due date is staying where it is so you need to work as if we're not going to have school tomorrow because of snow. Like, it's in the forecast. It is very possible we don't have school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So be ready for that and, like, get it done. I was like, I might give you a little bit of time that day to finish up, but, you know, not a full class. And sure enough, we had a snow day, and they were like, we're not done. Well, I, I told you guys. Like, I told yeah, you. Like, I, like, I can't, you have to learn to, like, be flexible, but also sometimes, like, not be flexible. You have to like, put the sometimes. hammer down sometimes, because they will milk it for all it's worth. Um, yeah. Every time I was out, and I had a, like, usually if I had a sub plan, like, once I had a project or something, and I came in the next day expecting it to be finished, because I said, like, turn it in. And probably, probably, like, one kid finished it. And every other kid was like, I barely started it. And I'm like, what the heck did you do when I wasn't here? Like, <laughs> I gave you this thing. You don't thing. want the answer to that question. Yeah, so they're like, well, we were, you know, it's just, yeah. Like, sometimes you're like, okay, I get it. Like, you guys are trying. I'll give you some extra time. But sometimes it's literally just, all right, you need to get your ducks in a row and let's get going. <laughs> like... Yeah, you know, and those are some decisions you make too. Like, okay, do I give them extra time? And you have to consider, like, well, were they actually working? Like, was it my fault that you didn't finish, or is it your fault that you didn't finish? Right. And sometimes it's hard to tell because sometimes you're like, okay, well, this person finished. Okay, but they always finish. Like, they're the like fast workers. Right. So, million decisions. It is. Yeah, Everything. so many decisions. Really, honestly.
Um, okay, so what are, are some things that you have learned this year from either your students or colleagues or just experience in general? Um, things I've, I've learned to kind of just take things in stride. Mm -hmm. um, teaching at a middle school, you never know what's going to be a big deal and what's not going to be a big deal that day. Right. Um, well, everything's a big deal, you know. <laughs> okay, I can so cry because you, you got a bad what's haircut. Gonna be a big deal and what's going to be a bigger deal. Right. That's true. Um, like, I think we, we, in eighth grade, we had a, an experience, like a, a time when um, pizza rolls were like the most drama, like, Pizza rolls took up a solid week and a half in the eighth grade because there was like a protest. Basically, our eighth graders were like having riots about pizza rolls, like wanting more. Or someone said that bagel bites were better than pizza rolls, ah, okay. which is obviously false. But right, the eighth graders, <laughs> the eighth graders took that to another level and were like chanting and like basically having like a march for pizza rolls oh my gosh and it was so stupid but that one incident took up a week and a half yeah like it was still being talked about weeks later and it was I think a week and a half was like when it stopped being a big deal but you would still hear about it like People were still talking about it in, like, February. Man, that's insane. Sixth graders would have trends, but it was usually making things that would hurt other people, like those little <sighs> hornet things uh, with the paper and, like, a rubber band. Um, or, uh, for some reason, they were really big into balloons. Uh, like, they were, like, blowing up balloons yes. and stuff. And I don't know where they were getting them. I think some kid had, like balloons like you know in his jacket and he's like kind of like a drug deal like here's a balloon or <laughs> whatever you know um yeah kids actually have are pretty entrepreneurial entrepreneurial they have their own little businesses like they'll make those hornet things they'll sell them to other kids yeah they do and they're yeah and it's like and i mean yeah it's crazy they eighth graders had the trends too for a while it was like shooting the tops off your water bottle by like really making them really pressurized in there and then you twist the top off and it shoots off. Right. I had to put a stop to that. Uh, yeah, uh, there was a thing where for a while kids were trying to see how many pencils they could get stuck in my ceiling, which is kind of funny when you see a pencil dangling, but then I'm like, please don't do that. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness my eighth graders never did that. Like some of the other science teachers had their eighth graders do that. Mine did not. That's like, good. never caught on to that trend because yeah. I'd have to end that real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, something I learned this year that I spoke, I, I mentioned a lot, I, well, I talked about a lot with, like, our principal, Josh, is that I realized I shouldn't take everything personally because, you know, middle schoolers' emotions change like the wind. Like, they will love you one second and hate you another, and nothing about you affects that, right? Like, I had kids that would cuss me out and be really angry about things saying things that I expectations that I had for them and then the next day they're like I love you you're my favorite teacher you know 
And you have, I tried, I guess I also realized that like being a middle school teacher, you're like part counselor too. I never thought I'd have so many crying boys come to me with their issues, but you know, you kind of, and some of the issues are so, you, you're like, this is stupid. It's like about, you know, a little relationship or someone made fun of your butt crack or something, you know, it's sometimes, it's these very <laughs> small yeah. issues, but you really have to just like swallow that and just say like, okay, I recognize that you think that this is a painful experience and like, I'm going to try my best to make you feel a little bit better, I guess. Like you just... Yeah. It's. I mean, that too is just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I think I got a little bit better at it, but you know, yeah, not taking everything personally and then just being empathetic towards middle schoolers, which is hard because I'm like, I don't know what's going on in your crazy roller coaster brain right now. Yeah. They come to you with problems that you're like, that's not even a problem. Like, that's right. A- I'm like, I wish I had, you want my problems? Like- yeah. Like, why don't you pay a mortgage? Like, that's a problem. But, right. You, know, you can't say that. Right. Um, another thing I learned that I think I should have been prepared for, but I just really wasn't, was just like accept the weirdness, like, and honestly buy into it. Exactly. Like, if usually, you're like, mm-hmm. usually the weirdness is what like earns you cred, which yeah. sounds weird to say, but like my kids like made a cult at one point. <laughs> And, like, by, like, investing into that and, like, not being a cult leader, but by, like, hinting at the ideas. Right, right. That that this was okay. Like, I never had a behavioral problem in that class. Other than the time they tried to sacrifice someone on a desk, but I put an end to that. Like, (laughs) as the cult leader, I stepped in. You draw a line. (laughs) And, you know, Um, put a stop to that, but... You know, and then um, my first book wanted to make a Barry B. Benson shrine in in my classroom. And it's like, sure, why not? And then it, you know, you let them have some stuff and right. they stop asking for stuff all the time. Right. I think, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it's definitely... Just, learned that early too because I guess I was so busy trying to be like the other teachers and like put my foot down and uh when I was teaching about the planets like I was like we're not gonna say Uranus we're gonna say Uranus you know I was that teacher and then it got to the point where just like I was like what's the point of this and then we're making Uranus jokes like you know and it's just funny to be like Uranus is blue and all this stuff and so it, yeah, and then any time, like, we talked about balls or, like, what else, um, you just embrace it, and, like, the poop, well, with sixth graders, they're obsessed with poop jokes, and I would just go along with them. They're also super open about their pooping. Kids will be like, oh, um, yeah, these goldfish make me poop, so I need to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, enough said, please go, you know, so. Yeah, just leave. Um, I don't want to know about your bowel issues, which a lot of kids are very open about all of that. But um, you just kind of learn to embrace it. And you're just like, look, I deal with 12-year-olds. 
Yeah. They're like, gonna fart. They're going to fart in a corner and make their friend stand there, and you'll just be like, you know what? That friend probably deserved it. So. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is just like knowing what to put a stop to, and right. the answer is not a lot. Like, there's not a lot of stuff. Just you've choose your battles. Put your foot down. Yeah. Because yeah, if you try to fight everyone, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Everyone. And you're gonna be exhausted and hate everything. So. Yeah, and so uh, so just buy in, and, and and that's the other thing. It's not just let it happen. Sometimes you have to buy in and be like, yep, we have a buried me bench shrine, and you all are a cult, and, you know, you just, you let it happen. Yeah. Like, my, um, my second block liked to pray to the buried me bench shrine, and it's like, you just let them do it. Exactly. And, you know, maybe go over there and do a couple bows with them or give them their, <laughs> give them their meter stick, which to them is a religious, Who I don't knows? even know, like artifact. Like they thought they pretended it was like a sword that they used to like <laughs> to this shrine. It's like just You're just it. like fine. I know. Um, yeah. Another time, uh, it was my first period. I had a lot of boys in that class, and the American flag would move because the it, like the vent was right next to it, so it was kind of like waving a little, like slowly. And they would pretend like they were controlling it with the force. They'd be like, "Look, Miss Smith, like we're moving the flag," and I'm like, "Wow, that's." <laughs> I was just very sarcastic all the time, which is awesome because, like, they could get it. But, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, you do you. Yeah. Um, I was always telling kids that they were weird. I don't know if that's wrong or not, but I was just like, yeah, you guys are just super weird. Um, okay, so how did you find community at school? Because especially, like, in, in a new any new job, like, you – you're there and then you're like, oh, I would like to like maybe make a friend or have support. I mean, your support system, one of part of it kind of left up and left, but how did you, yeah, how did you build community? Well, um, that support system leaving was a good, it made me and the other science teacher a lot closer. Obviously we kind of had this shared struggle and then all of a sudden, we were like, now we're working together all the time. And it totally changed how we handled everything for that year. Mm-hmm. From that point on, we were planning together every single day. Yeah. And that wasn't something that changed. Like, it used to be we would plan together like once, maybe twice a week. And But other than that, he would do his own thing. I would do my own thing. Yeah. The other teacher would do her own thing. And then. You know, they were all related, but not the same thing. And then really after that, and even after the new teacher came in to kind of be that support again, we continued to plan all three of us then together every single day. And Mm -hmm. so that really made us work better together and, you know, be closer and all that good stuff. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, kind of the same way you make friends or build a community anywhere like you just do stuff with people (laughs) yeah exactly lock yourself in your classroom all the time you're not gonna make those connections but right like sometimes I would just like like if I wasn't planning 
like when I was running copies, like I would stay in the in the workroom and like chat with people and like right. you know figure out what was going on and you know you know sometimes you find out other things about your students too that are helpful when you do that. But also like, you're just hanging out with these people and like yeah. building those connections and like when I wasn't on lunch duty, I would eat by myself because that's like the only alone time you get during the day. But right. During lunch duty days, like, talking to the other people who have lunch duty and, like, mm-hmm. you know, talking to them and other students, like, seeing how all of the different interactions work. And it really just makes you much closer with everybody when you just talk to people and do stuff. Right, like, yeah. Yeah, and you definitely having shared experiences is helps build that community, too. I had... I felt like I was really close to the teachers around my classroom, especially because sixth grade was divided onto three different teams. And so we, on each team, had the same students. So that was really nice that we could connect. Well, first of all, good support because you would be like, hey, this student acts this way in this class. Do they still act this way in this class? Or how do you how do you deal with this behavior that I've been seeing kind of thing? That was really nice. And and also, they were just like, they are just like some really funny people. So um, it was just nice to like talk with them just casually too. And then the science teachers were really supportive. And, you know, I'd get a science meeting sometimes and like, um, one of them, she would just be like, I'm really struggling with this in my class and like behavior or I'm struggling to teach this. And I was, it just was kind of refreshing to hear that. Cause you know, I always assumed that everybody has all their stuff together and they don't. <laughs> and so honestly, it's kind of refreshing to be like, Oh my gosh, yes, I, I too am struggling to teach this or I've been having behavior issues or I've had a bad day today. And um, I just really yeah. appreciated that kind of vulnerability and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's kind of what you see. Like when you see these people, you only see what they're showing and usually what they're showing is doing all right. Like, yeah. Unless you talk to somebody, you're not going to hear that things are going wrong. And even if you talk to them, sometimes you're not going to hear that things are going wrong. They're just constantly gonna, you know, show off this, like we got it. Right. It's fine. But like, it was good to hear, like, when I went to somebody and I said, this is what's going wrong in my class, whether it be, you know, a particular student or whatever, you know, some usually it was a particular student, it was a particular behavior, and it's like, this is what they've mm-hmm. started doing in my class, and usually it was when they'd been fine, and then all of a sudden things got weird. Yeah. And you go to another teacher that they have, you know, you look up, it was much easier. You had all the, all your kids mm-hmm. had the same teachers. I would have to track down who their other teachers were. And sometimes just send out an email because they're all mixed up in eighth grade. And, right. Um, but when you go to them and you say, like, this is what I've been seeing. Like, have you been seeing the same thing? Like, what are you doing to help with it? When they say, like, yeah, I've been seeing the same thing that's like the best feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I felt even like... If they don't have, even if they don't have a solution for it yet, it still just feels good to know like, okay, well, this, thank goodness it's not me. Yeah, right. That's back to the, like taking it personally. And I think the one of the reasons I took a lot of things personally is because I would see behaviors in my classroom that other teachers wouldn't see. And then the students would start having those behaviors in the other classroom. But it was always my classroom first and so I was like 
how can I not take that personally? I had a lot of conversations with students about like how they treated the teacher across the hallway versus me. And I'm like, the only, I'd be like, the only difference is, there are many differences between me and this other teacher. But I'm like, the only difference is that that teacher is a man and he's been teaching far longer than I have. And he has a scary beard. Like, do I need to grow a beard for you to act like you do in his classroom? And, you know, because I, yeah, I had a lot of of those conversations about like, how do I teach you? How do, you know, I feel like you get to your breaking point and you're like, please just tell me how I can make you, you learn. How can I help you? Because I don't know what else to do. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, as horrible as it sounds, but when you go to other people and they're having the same problems, it's like, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even like in our, um, cause we had our new teacher meetings and, I mean, I honestly don't remember anything from them other than the fact that, like, I did feel pretty okay when other teachers were just like, okay, I'm struggling. Because I guess I just, like I said, I had imposter syndrome and I'm always, I've always been like, I honestly don't know if I am as good as all these other teachers. And then it would be refreshing when they would come in and they'd be like, I'm struggling or they'd be crying. And I'm like, dang all right, yeah, we're all on the same page, so. Yeah, it's always wild to see what other people are doing, because I guess, you, yeah, you just assume everybody's doing better than you. Yeah. And really, even the teachers who have been there for a while have the same problems. Yeah. Like, they haven't fixed them yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, even, you know, teachers that I really look up to would still struggle with classroom management, because you could never really fully have a – great grasp on that I guess every child is different every class of children is different it's just when you're dealing with people like you just have to be flexible (laughs) yeah well and it was always good to hear too like when um the eighth grade teachers would talk about it and then the seventh grade teachers who had had them before would Mm -hmm. like even they would be like yep same problems we've been having it's like okay so it's not even a this year thing it's a it's been an ongoing right. thing. And then yeah. when you have, yeah, and then when you finally get something to go right with that kid, you're like, yeah, I did something that yeah. no one else has done yet. Yeah, it does feel good. And even now, like, um, like the maybe it was like the last few weeks, um, there, there's a, there were a few students that I just really struggled having relationships with. You know, you always just try to have that positive relationship and the student isn't going to necessarily... Uh, reciprocate it. Um, there's this one student that I, I mean, I sent this guy, this boy, this guy, he's, you know, 11. I sent this kid to the office, um, lots of times, you know, he, he would, and he knew it was coming and he had some kind of anger issues and I'd called home and pretty much done everything I could do. And he kind of, you know, he, he had a, um, we had like a, a, I had an aide in my classroom and she really helped out with him in particular. And I think, you know, there were also times I had to learn, like, this is how I should deal with the student. This is how I should approach them. Not, yeah, some students, you just have to kind of walk on eggshells and, you know, um, and I just knew, you know, with dealing with kids too, like you can't be resentful. Like they're going to say something that's going to hurt your feelings 
you can't like ignore them the next day, I guess. Like you still have to be a an adult in the situation. And so I think um I don't know what happened, but by the end of it he would be like, um, Miss Smith, I hope you have a good day and um he made this like catapult thing and he was like, I want you I wanna keep it in your classroom for you to keep it safe and stuff and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like out of all these kids, this like this feels so good that like we kind of ended on that note. And even um, recently, I got an email maybe, or maybe he posted on Google Classroom. He was like, "Can we have a Zoom meeting and stuff?" And uh, my heart just melts because it's just like okay, like there are kids who come in day one, they're like, "I love you" because you're a teacher. But there, then there are kids who it's just like it took like. 120 days for this kid to say have a nice day and that was like the best thing I heard that entire week and that feeling of in a sense I guess earning that kid's like respect or whatever it just feels so good it feels it almost feels better than like teaching like having a like a light bulb moment with a kid it's just like that whole relationship building and like Man, yeah. you're like I don't even I don't think he even did anything. I think this kid just had a change of heart, you know. So yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's the littlest stuff that changes. Like this one girl, like I couldn't get her to do anything in class. I couldn't get her to do anything. Like every time I talked to her, it she acted like I was like attacking her. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even tell her if she was doing something wrong. I could be like, Hey, how are you doing today? And she'd be like, Hmm get real selfish yeah and then um she joined the basketball team and started playing and i went to one of her games and then just started talking to her about basketball and like whole demeanor changed for the rest of the year like not even like just during basketball season like basketball season came and went and those changes that she made to her behavior stayed yeah and it was it went from you know, because they had been told, like, you know, you're allowed, like, basically the coach was like, you can have one really low grade in all, like, in one of your classes. Right. And the rest have to be passing. And it went from her being like, I just need to pass this class because I'm failing this one, to being like, I'm actually paying attention in this class. Like, right. those changes stayed and wild. Like, small things, little things. Right. Sometimes it yeah. is a big thing, like, but other times yeah. it's literally just like talking to them about something they want to talk about. Yeah. Thank you for joining me to talk about teaching. Yeah. I think I said fun. that before, but thank you for joining me to talk about teaching. <laughs> of course. Of course. And the wild ride that it is. So.